about it anyways. <laughs> I love when Jesse calls on somebody like, you're not scared? No, cool, get up here. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa. All of a sudden. Seize up on you. Welcome. Good morning. About to get started here in a moment. Thanks for coming to church. Yeah, I see those I see familiar faces, but some new as well. We'll be getting started here in a moment. If the mic comes to you, just make sure you hold it about this far. Not speak loudly and clearly. Don't shake it around and mess around with the mic too much. Bathrooms through that doorway to the left. No food or drinks here. I think we're fine. And if you could please silence your cell phone so we don't have ourselves an embarrassing accident. <laughs> Definitely don't want that. Um, otherwise, we'll get started here in a moment. Thanks. Thank you, Bob. You. Those lights are blaring, glaring. I know. How's the week, Doug? Busy, busy. My weeks are usually About busy. Thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. My my weeks are usually busy. Yeah, I jump around. Okay, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Church with Jesse Lee Peterson. I am filling in for Jesse today. My name is Doug Massey. Um, I am, I do the websites, I do the Bond websites, all of them, Fallen State, Jesse Lee Peterson, and Rebuilding the Man, so that's one of the things I do here. Um, I'll kind of go over, I, over my life, how I met Jesse. I met Jesse about, I think about 25 years ago now. I lived in Michigan, and uh, a mutual friend, introduced us and um, I ended up, I forgave my mom and my life changed at that point. I started a chapter of Bond in Flint and had Jesse there. We had, we had um, a meeting with my family and that didn't, I mean it went well as expected but they sure, they sure didn't like it. Um, I, we had radio interviews, we went to jails, um, we did a lot of stuff there. So it was kind of pretty interesting. Um, eventually I moved to, um, I moved, this is my home, I was born here. I moved home and um, I've been here for 20 years now. 20, I've been back here for about 20 years. Um, so. Uh, in that time, um, as I said, I, f I forgave my mom, my life changed. Uh, forgiving my mom um, was interesting in that my, my life did change. My, I, my, I was able to kind of deal with things a little better. I was still messed up, but I was at least able to kind of see enough to not take on everything so seriously. Um, but one of the things that helped me the most is forgiving myself because I was I hated myself for some of the things I had done, and I didn't think even God would forgive me for, for some of that. So, um, hating myself was, once I realized that God already forgave me, uh, and I didn't, you know, 
I didn't, I didn't know that beforehand. Once I realized that God forgave me, um, it was like a huge burden gone. And for me, that was, that kind of just set me free. Not saying that I didn't have, you know, I wasn't perfect or anything. I'm not saying that. Um, I kind of wanted to talk about one of the, um, one of the things that once Jesse asked me to do this meeting, all the thoughts and everything that went through my mind just taking this whole week, right? I literally went through probably every thought you could think of. Um, no one's going to show up. Uh, uh, you know, you're, you're, my mind just went crazy. Now, now I can't remember hardly any of them, but no one's going to show up. Um, uh, all these different thoughts to kind of push me away from doing this. And, but yet here I sit, right? Um, I don't generally do this type of thing. This is not my cup of tea. I do have to do this at my job, and it took me a while to, to do it. But once, once my boss kept pushing it on me, I, you know, I just naturally started doing it. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. Um, I wanted to kind of ask, like, what's it like for you guys to go through knowing you have to you have to do something? What's it like for you guys to go through all these thoughts and then still do it? Or you know, sometimes, sometimes in life there's those things where I wouldn't do just because I couldn't get past thoughts. So for me, for me, I'll, I'll, let me just go back a little bit before I ask that question. For me, it was like, Jesse asked me to do it. Hey, you want to do something? No, what am I going to talk about? That's exactly the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to talk about? Because usually you guys, most of the time you guys see me, I'm over there quiet, just kind of watching how things go, right? I, I, my job is, my duty is a little different than just being you know, being here, um, my job is to kind of pay attention to things. So when you see me, usually I'm over there in the corner quiet. Um, so all those thoughts that go through my mind when he, after he told me that, I, I first said no, and then, and then almost immediately I texted him back and said, yeah, I'll do it. Because why, I couldn't live with myself saying no, mm -hmm. right? I, it was, it's just kind of weird. I, it's not that it's hard to do this, really. Um, maybe coming up with material might be every week, but I don't have to do it every week, thank goodness. Um, but all the little thoughts after that, even this morning, maybe this morning is the worst. I'm, I don't get nervous until the, that moment, that few minutes before. So this morning, it's like you get into those thoughts and you're like, you know, you just kind of tense up. So, um, so I went through, again, literally any thought you could think of to get me to not do this. And um, so I kind of want to know what's it like for you to go through, to know you have to do something, and, what, and what's it like for you to go through those thoughts, and, and if, you, if you go ahead and do it, or do you chicken out? <laughs> So let's see, I'm going to ask, <laughs> she, she's looking at me, she was looking at me. Good when morning. You, good morning. When you know you have to do something, yeah. when you know you have to be in front of a crowd or 
that thing that, you know, people might look at you a little weird, people in the chat are judging the world out of you. Um, the people that won't do it are the biggest judges, right? And that stuff's going through your mind. What are people going to think? You know, all this, these are the thoughts that I thought, right? What are people going to think? I don't really have much to say. I'm not much of a talker, that's for sure. So all this stuff goes through your mind, but yet you still do it. Or maybe you don't do it. So wh what are some of the things that go through your mind when you know you have to do something? And do you do it or do you, do you opt out? I do it. Yeah. I, um, <clears throat> it's been interesting uh, watching my thoughts through this whole journey this year because I think before my ego was very involved in doing it, not even, uh, how do I even say it? I, I can just see now that, I, I, because I'm able to watch my thoughts, I can acknowledge that they're my thoughts and, and walk through it. But I've found in my life generally that um, a lot of growth usually happens when I just walk through it. I, I, for whatever reason, I have never, I'll still experience that fear, that angst, because of the thoughts, and you think about what other people are going to think about you, but um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I enjoy walking through fire, or I, I just, I, it's always helped me a lot by doing that. So, and I, and I can see now in hindsight, a lot of it is before the fact that gets you tripped up. So you'll, you know, you'll spend a lot of time before the fact going through how this is going to be, what are people going to think. But once you cross that threshold, you end up landing in a place that isn't anything that what you were thinking about before, which, again, in hindsight, I can see that it's just the enemy trying to derail you. you know? And I don't, know, <clears throat> I don't know if it means that going through it is always like the thing to do. You know, I think that's what I'm looking at now. Like, do I need to do this? Do I have to do this? Um, and really, if I'm just present, it's just like, well, this is just the next thing to do. You know, um, I don't want to say I like those opportunities, but I kind of do in hindsight. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> because it, I, I've always found that when I go through it, it's, it always ends up being better in the end, you know? One thing I learned about myself, because I had to train, I train people, um, firearm safety. So they, it's, you know, people are interesting. And one thing I learned about myself through training them is that when we don't know how to do something or we're not sure of something, our mind tells us all about it. Our mind is making this, okay, you're going to do this, you're going to look like that, you're going to, and none of it is true at all. And so I, I agree with what you said. When I go through, if I, if I decide to go through it, I always learn so much, even if it's just about myself, right? But usually you're learning from people. You're learning about yourself through, through them anyway. So I have to agree with that. Um, anybody else wanted to answer? Great morning. Morning. Uh, when, um, when it comes to things like that, I think I welcome those opportunities, just like she said right here, not to, uh, to piggyback off a little bit, is um, I've always had this effort attitude, 
So this what happened? This like fuck it attitude. Oh, I didn't I didn't ask you to say it again. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it just it, it it's good and it's it's gotten me into a lot of trouble in the past. But if applied correctly, it um, it can open up the doors to a lot of things um, because. Before, when I was younger, my friends were like, hey, let's go do dumb, dumb things. I'm like, cool, let's go. It was always a, just a spark of just uh, being spontaneously just doing it. But now as I'm getting older, uh, I, I am starting to realize that there's a lot of consequences to every action. So I'm a little more thoughtful when it comes to that. So whenever I feel like something's a good idea, I sit back on it and I ponder before I make any move because I'm like, how's it gonna affect right now? Because you can think of a million scenarios that are going to happen along the way, but everything's going to affect you right now. So, but how do you deal with the thoughts that are? Let's just say you're you're going to do something that doesn't really have any consequences. Like this is not going to stop traffic, or oh, so global warming is not going to happen because of today. Right. So, global how do you how do you um, how do you deal with those those thoughts when there's really no no I, I just do it like uh, I, one of my mentors. He has this great thing. He's like, "What does how you feel have to do with what needs to get done? If you have to speak in front of people, uh, whether you want to or not, people are depending on you to do it." And he's like, uh, "A lot of the times, what happens too is, uh, let's say he tells me, hey, give, give this person a call. We need to talk to them, you know, for real estate related things.'" And I'm like, "Man, what if this person doesn't answer?" He's like, "Man, what if they do?" He's like, "You're always." He's like, if you chicken out, you're not going to get the results. That you're, if you chicken out, you're never going to know if you're going to get the results. But if you at least try, make the effort to do it, he's like, it's going to happen. So and he would always tell me, go greet people. I'm like, man, having to deal with new people. But now it's, it just comes so natural for the simple reason that, you know, they put me out of my comfort zone. So he's like, don't think about all those things like, oh, you're too short. You're, he's like, you, at the time I had longer hair, he's like, you have long hair. Now you're bald. Like all this stuff, he's like, He's like, all those things are- Don't talk about me. <laughs> and so he would just tell me, he's like, I was like, you're assuming what people are gonna think. Just go and all you gotta do is introduce you. Hi, my name's Hector, say hi. He's, uh, and he's like, you're not gonna die. Nothing's gonna happen to you. He's like, worst comes to worst, you made a friend. And I'm like, okay. But before that, when the thoughts would come, you would not do it? No, I would still do it, but it was, it was toward, geared towards a different lifestyle that I had. Huh. So it was, it, was not, it was not for good reasoning back in the day. But I still had that effort attitude to it. Yeah, let's do it. I'm not going to ask you what that means. <laughs> <this time. laughs> Daniel. So when you have, when you have something you're going to do, or you have something planned that's coming up that you have to do in front of people, or something that, I'll say in front of people, how do you deal with those thoughts? What kind of thoughts come to you, and how do you how do you deal with them? And do you opt? Do you go ahead and do what you had planned, or do you opt out? Typically, I do whatever it is. I have found in my own experiences that my most pivotal moments of growth have been when I've uh, stepped out of my comfort zone and done things that that would typically go against what I would what I would initially have the proclivity to do. So I appreciate um, facing those fears, so to speak, um, uh, just because I feel like there's freedom in that. I feel freer every time I 
every time I step out in that way. Free or how? That's a good question. I, I feel more, wow, that's a, that's a great question. Because I'm sitting up here and I don't feel free. <laughs> <laughs> and I did this. Right. <laughs> Not that I feel bad or, or like weird about it, but I don't know that I feel free. You know, maybe a better word. I'm glad you asked that. Um, maybe a better, and I could say ask, but anyway, <laughs> moment passed. Uh, <laughs> I saw you're not, Rachel. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, I, I now, now pondering it, maybe a better word would be empowered. I feel powerful. I feel like, okay, I did that. I can do anything. Okay, I'll go with that. Because you're right. If you can do, if you can do the thing that your mind tells you you can't do, you can. You, you literally can do anything. Yeah. So, okay. How about that. What about the lady behind you? The in the black. When you have those thoughts that, when you have something to do, and you have what, what kind of thoughts come to you, and do you go ahead and go ahead as planned, or you opt out? Um, I think, for the most part, I respect the, proce I respect the process, so if I've been asked to do something, um, I try to step into it. Um, I don't, I think if somebody's asked me to do something, it's probably somebody that I respect enough to kind of see it to the end. Um, the thoughts, however, are a bit challenging. That's where the hell comes in. Um, so. Um, Challenging in what way? Because it's pressure. Um, I tend to be a person that is very connected to how people feel or see me. So just the pressure. Um, and then trying to figure out what do they want? What do they want it to look like? What is it supposed to, like there's this like, again, this war inside. It's like, what is it supposed to look like? Um, is perfection possible? If it's not, how close can I get to it? So I'm, I'm definitely not evolved yet, so. <laughs> Believe me, those thoughts went through my mind too. Yeah. Am I gonna be good at this? Is this, I, I, because I really don't do this. This is not something I do. Now I have to do it in front of my, the people I work with, but it's not televised or, you know, it's not like, it's a little bit different thing. But, it's, but now that I'm sitting here, it's kind of not a different thing. It's, it's almost the same thing. Um, but. I forgot what I was going to say. Sorry. Yeah, I think, I think it's for me specifically when, when I'm doing something that I've been asked to do. Um, again, it's the pressure because I feel as though now I have this responsibility, uh, this role that I'm supposed to, and just trying to figure out how do they want it to look um, and trying to get as close to that as possible. Yeah, that would, that would cause them fear for sure. I work with a lot of doctors, and uh, I'll tell you a little story. So uh, it was a Christmas party, and I, I work in IT, I'm computers, and they invited me for their Christmas dinner. <laughs> so there's easily 50 people, most of them doctors or nurses, you know, all, all those types, and here I sit. 
And they're, they're going, they started on that side of the room and they're going through all of them. All the doctors, the, the chief surgeon made them get up and stand up and tell what they're, how they, you know, the schools they went to, all their little degrees, you know, all this stuff about them. And um, I'm sitting there like at the last table trying to figure out what, that, what, what am I gonna say? <laughs> I'm Doug, I fix your computer. <laughs> um, so I'm sitting there and they're going back and forth and it takes a long time because they all, they all got this list of stuff that they've done. And so um, by the time it comes to me, I had a little glass of wine so I stood up, took a sip of my wine and I was like, I'm Doug and I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> they, they went crazy. And I guess my point is like we don't always know what to say or do. But, and some, I'm not saying that that's the, <laughs> the best thing to say. <laughs> what I am saying is it's okay not to know. You know, we, I couldn't, there's no way I could match them for degrees or anything close. And I don't, I, personally I'm okay with that. I, I don't care. Like, I do my job the best I can do it and that's, and that's that. So, um, I know somebody else, I think you had your hand up. Do a good job, by the way. I'm learning. I'm learning as I go. Yeah. It's the only way to do it. Uh, you could have told me I had access to all their files, you know? Don't mess with me. <laughs> um, I love the question, and to be honest, if it's getting up on a stage or speaking in public to a bunch of people, if that was a scenario, I kept thinking, like, I don't really relate to any of the thoughts beforehand because I performed for you know, 10, 15 years playing music, different bands, different places. I, I did a lot of things where I was talking in front of people and leading large amounts of people. So that, that side of it never really brought thoughts about, but it had me thinking about it from a different angle. Um, that the thing that was difficult for me, where the thoughts would go crazy, is when I'd come off the stage and I'd be interacting with groups of people. And I think there's a vulnerability in that where if you remain the person on the stage, it's kind of annoying. Uh, and if you clam up, it's kind of like, oh, who does this guy think he is? And I used to get trapped in the kind of like debilitating thoughts that we speak about when I would be in smaller situations where I had to just present a less mm, crafted, less kind of made up mystique person of who I was. And what happened was I was outward, 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 very just like, I would just be on forward movement, you know, in the social setting. And I used to feel really guilty about it. And then I stopped apologizing for how I was socially, so I wouldn't have to think about it like that. So there was less pinging back and forth in my head while I was being very performative to a group of people. Uh, but that didn't help all the way. <laughs> just not apologizing just made me feel kind of like uh, a jerk who didn't care what people thought about me, and that didn't work. Uh, well, you and, were a musician. Huh? You were a musician. Yeah. yeah. And, then I, uh, and then I stopped offending the way that I was. And I only was able to do that by not really like in the long run. I could only do that actually. Like I started not defending who I was, but I probably was faking it. But later I learned that when I stopped identifying with that thing, that really what we call the not you, right? When I really saw that, I stopped, I was able to stop defending it, stop making excuses for it, just be. And if someone had a problem, I would just like deal with it in the moment. 
there, but that was the only way I was able to shut off those thoughts too. But yeah, you want to just do nothing. And then even as you're doing something, you're like, I shouldn't be saying all this. I shouldn't be doing all this while it's happening. It's a real right. scary, dark cycle to get stuck in. But uh, now I just, I don't, I don't excuse it. I don't defend it. I don't even justify it. I just, now I can see it in a very clear picture, how it was and how it is, if that makes sense. Cool. Anybody else? How about you, and then I'll come to James. Him in the purple shirt. What was the question again? Um, I'm going to change it a little bit. When you have something to do in front of people, whatever, something kind of serious, um, how do you deal with the thoughts of not really knowing the outcome? Um, I try not to focus on the outcome. I just How? try to focus on what I have to do. How do you not focus on the outcome? And I'm asking because this thing, I've only been focused, most of my thoughts were about the outcome. How this is going to look, what's going to feel like, you know, the outcome of it. I think you can't determine the outcome. I think you just have to do your best. And whatever the outcome may be, that's what it is. That's true. Um, I think if you focus too much on the outcome, then it'll distract you from the present thing that you have to do. How, you might have answered this, and I, I might have been in my thoughts. How do, you, how do you not think about the outcome? You just do what like, for example, if I get a phone call saying, oh, you have to go to such and such place because you have to pick up this thing, it's like, okay, I'll just go do that thing. I'm not really looking at what's going to happen after. What if, it's something, what if it's something where you're more in the limelight? What if it's something that... You know how people say they have like this, uh, what do they call that? Dang, I can't think of it. What if it's something that has to do with your ego? Something like, like this. You're out in front of everybody. It's high stakes. There's, there's, there's things at stake. There's, okay. You know? it, it's high stakes. There's yeah. things at stake. Your, your ego is involved, or it could be people are watching you. Yeah. How do you, how do you not... Let's put something that you're not used to doing. Mm -hmm. How do you how do you get around that? Um, I think that people are going to judge you one way or another. I think that's kind of out of your hands. Yeah. So it's like, why do you? Why should you even care about that? Um, and like, yeah, your ego your sense of self, of how you, you want to hold on to that self. You don't want it to get damaged. Um, but I think the world is just going to do that to you anyway. Yeah. So it's like, I guess you just have to like not care so much, I think. Because I literally had all those thoughts. Oh. <laughs> cool, thank you. Uh, I know that James had his hand, and then I'll come back. 
Um, I was thinking about this just this morning because it crossed my mind an instance in which I was hanging out with a friend, and this friend is just approaches strangers all the time, and we were supposed to ask a question at an Apple store to an Apple store employee, and when I'm looking at these employees, they look like they're talking to somebody else or busy, and I noticed that I have that hesitation where, like, I listen to a thought, oh, maybe if they're busy, I don't want to bother them. Like, that's, like, the excuse for basically listening to the thoughts or fear or whatever. And this other person just asks the question, and that's so much more normal. Yeah. And it's, then the, then the, then the employee can say, oh, I'm busy, hang on a second, or whatever, rather than rather than like causing an awkward judgment situation because people like people just naturally unnaturally judge a shy or weak person i've thought about my, one of my old bosses was like an angry person but sometimes if he had to approach you asking a favor he would be like all shy and dainty and stuff like that like try to be cute almost and and he's like <laughs> I would get irritated at him when I when yeah. he would approach me like that, just ask straight up, and I noticed that that's just that's the believing the thoughts and fear spirit that people call shyness, I guess. Yeah. And so it's um, the same thing with with that type of situation. Also, like approaching women, sometimes if you can psych yourself out into approaching them in the, at the wrong time, in the wrong way, with the wrong words, thinking that you're being right and, and bold or whatever, and it's totally so, comes out wrong. <laughs> and so like bo both speaking up and not speaking up can be wrong, Yeah, listening to those thoughts. Yeah. Kind of like what Troy was talking about with maybe coming off wrong to people and then defending it and then getting all up in your ego about it. Um, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, thoughts are, thoughts are pretty interesting. You, you literally could stop light. People don't even come out of their house because of the thoughts. People, uh, people freaked out during our pandemic because of their thoughts. So, it, it's, it's a mess. Uh, let me take, oh, I got to come back to, uh, to Raymond first. You, uh, you said earlier, if you have something to do in front of people, what, uh, what are your thoughts concerning the situation and the outcome? Yeah, how do you, what kind of thoughts do you have and how do you deal with it? Do you go ahead and do what you, were, you had planned to do or do you not do it? I simply go ahead and do what I plan to do because that's the reality of the situation. Whatever thoughts I, ha thoughts I have about the situation or its outcome, it's not, it's not real. Only, uh, only, the re uh, only the reality of what I have to do. That's true. It isn't real. None of it. None of it's real. And the interesting thing is that all those thoughts that I had, 
like some of them I some of them I could see almost immediately, but some of them you kind of get you're kind of get caught up in, and you're like, and it, this is what my body does. I'm sure everybody does, but once you get in your thoughts, and I learned this through firearms training because people are kind of scared, right? So what they do is they'll go, <laughs> and I'm being a little bit, maybe a little bit over-exaggerating, but that's what's happening. They're tense from their ear down to their, their fingers. That's how, that's, how, that's how their body works. And it's the same thing with this. I'm going through these thoughts and some of them I get caught up in and I'm like, <sighs> you know, it's like, and then just wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm just in the thought and it's, it's immediately gone. So it's kind of, it's pretty interesting. Um, Nick. Uh, just to, I wanna add a little bit to what you guys are saying about the thoughts and not dealing with life, I guess is that totally relate and I realize that I do that because I, I like to have an answer for everything yeah. it's like my little comfort zone and you have an answer for everything but you know many times I won't have an answer especially if I'm asked to do something something like what you're doing it's like what am I going to talk about and I don't have the answer and yeah. I'm trying to get the answer I'm trying to figure out the answer and that's where the tension is coming from in those moments I don't do it all the time I literally have to go like, it's gonna sound dumb, it's gonna sound Christianese, but I didn't grow up. Don't say it then, <laughs> don't say it then, no. I, I didn't grow up Christian, so I never used this language, but I literally have to like, leave it to God. I have to like, Let's go. you know what I mean? Like I, I, I need a super, I literally need a supernatural force here to stop me from doing this, cause, and then I let didn't, it go, and then sometimes it comes to me. It just falls Joel, on my lap. Didn't Joel call that thumping last week? <laughs> doing a little thumping? We're doing a little thumping. I'm just kidding. You know, what's interesting about that is, like with the, the story I told about the doctors, I didn't know what I was going to say. Like, how do I keep up with that, right? How do, their, their list is long and they're all proud of it, really proud. And I didn't know exactly what I was going to say. I, I wasn't sure. I, I just wanted to, I just, honestly, I didn't want to say anything. I just wanted to sit down. <laughs> but I had a couple of sips of that wine and I think it just got me talking. So, so, um, but you know what I learned about myself is that I'm okay not knowing. I'm not, I am, even no matter all the thoughts, no matter all that, I'm okay with not understanding or not being, not seeing myself as, you know, as they see themselves or I'm okay with not, not totally knowing, so. Um, one thing I've noticed as I watch my thoughts more <clears throat> and kind of in relationship to this conversation, um, the world wants you to be in thoughts so bad. So when you're going through something like this or you plan to do something and you have, you're doing something around people or you're watching your own thoughts go on and you're watching what Raymond said like the reality of it which is that they're not real and then you're trying to communicate like to the world that you're comfortable with not knowing <laughs> the reaction is like it's not even a defense or that they're angry but there's a lot of voices that come up like yeah but this or what do you think about this you can you know and it starts getting really loud and I, I I'm just starting to see like 
it's so there's nothing to gain by getting wrapped up in the thoughts like just at a like bare minimum you know you can even say that <clears throat> excuse me spiritually or not spiritually i mean knowing that it's a spiritual battle obviously i can see that but it's such a waste of time you know it really is such a waste of time because nobody knows and all of the, you know even if you're you're watching your i, I don't know I, i'm a little scrambled egg this morning i didn't sleep a lot but um, i like scrambled eggs but yeah <laughs> um I, I i'm just really noticing that heavily in my own personal life right now where my thoughts i have an idea or i'm going to be somewhere and i watch my thoughts go on and i as i'm letting them pass and i'm not listening to them and i and i start to interact with the world around this same linear thing that's happening i realize that the world is just not designed to let you not have thoughts. And so even while you're walking through something, not having any thoughts, you start, the voices around you are like commanding the thoughts. And the more you're like, I don't know, I don't know. They're like, who is this person? Why doesn't she care? You know, why doesn't yeah. she have an idea? Why doesn't she lock Prepared. this down? Or, you know, How and she doesn't have a plan. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but the more I'm not, having the plan and the plans are only practical i'm noticing just kind of what everybody else said like you know i don't know if it's freedom it's just that i'm i'm living as who i am as spirit and not my ego and that there's there is a real like wow this is incredible because it's it's i don't know i sound like the Little Mermaid, it's a whole new world, but it really kind of is. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've, and if no, I wasn't I so tired, I, I might hum a few bars, but what's that? I never watched that movie. Oh, well, all right. Good for you. <laughs> um, no, I do know what you mean. Um, this whole week, although my thoughts have been like riddling me, um, I sleep like a baby, so they don't. But, and I do know what you mean, everybody wants you to have a plan. That's kind of why, I mean, all those doctors, when they go do their, their little thing, they got, they got a whole list of everything they're gonna talk about. They've, they've practiced it, they've done this, they've done that, so that it's pitch perfect, right? But I can't do that. I was trying to do that with this. It took me a week to figure out what I was gonna even talk about. But the obvious thing was all the thoughts, because that's what, that's what, literally consumed me i mean to for this whole week all my all the thoughts oh my god you're gonna be you're gonna you're gonna be horrible you're gonna yeah all, all this and it, it even if i am horrible it doesn't even matter right so well, I, I yeah go ahead. no go ahead i would say you're not horrible but <laughs> so. rochelle did i see your hand no oh okay okay <laughs> go ahead me. yeah and then i'll come oh. And then I'm coming over there. Okay, thank you. I want to respond to something you said and uh, something Nick said. Um, first, um, in regards to what you said about fear, how um, or how people's bodies, as you're teaching these people, you've seen their bodies to the fingertips. You see them freeze mm -hmm. in fear, and that's something that um, was once a part of my being before I truly woke up. Speaking in front of people and being on a stage, that's nothing for me. That's, I don't fear that, but there have been moments where I've literally been paralyzed 
in fear, depending upon the circumstance. And in those scenarios, that is such a dangerous place to be because you're in your thoughts, you're not present, and something fatal. I can look back on events that have taken place in my life where the outcome could have been dire. Um, so that's the one thing I wanted to mention when it comes to thoughts. Um, knowing now that all thoughts are all lies all the time has played a significant role in my transformation. And then there's something Nick said regarding um, planning every little, or not, wanting to know the outcome, I think is what he, he mentioned. And that so resonates with me because I have always been a so-called perfectionist, which is just an OCD sickness, really, and demonic, because you'll never, ever know the outcome, no matter what you do. And we make plans, and as they say, God laughs. Um, but in any event, what I have come to realize is the more I truly, and I always thought I was surrendered when I was, um, when I first entered into Christianity like seven years ago, I thought, oh, I'm surrendered until faced with a situation where I realized I'm not surrendered. And now understanding what that truly means, which to me it, it means being in the present and abandoning the thoughts and doing the silent prayer and all of those things, now that I feel like I'm truly on the path of being whole in my surrender, I relinquish, I'm pulling back, so I've pulled back so much on the, um, the desire to know the outcome or to control the outcome or to even think about the outcome and to just remain in the moment. So wanting to know the outcome for me was just a part of wanting to control and surrender and control go hand in hand. So I just wanted to comment on those two things. I'm gonna say that wanting to know the outcome is, means control for everybody. Right. Anybody who wants to know the, the outcome to something or, you know, there's people that have to know it. Oh, I got it. Oh, I can't do anything unless I know. Those people are controlled fully. Mm -hmm. that, and they, but they think they're controlling the situation. And it's, it's crazy. And to go back to what you said, I truly believe that most people in those moments of fear, if it's a dangerous situation, the people that die, most of, them have, most of them have listened to their thought, and their thought told them what to do. And if that means stepping this way when they should have stepped that way, that's what it, that's what it is. Yeah. So I, I truly believe that. And, and mainly I believe that because just because dealing with people with a weapon, when they don't know and they're scared, their mind tells them what to do. And even if I'm sitting there telling them, get your finger off the trigger, get your finger off the trigger, get your finger. I've met people that just do this, get your finger off the trigger. And it's like a magnet, bam. Yeah. I had to pull their finger off and the bam. It, it's <laughs> the most interesting thing. Yeah. And, and all it is is that they're, they're just like, <laughs> they're just in their head, totally. Yeah. So I got to take man with the hat here. Thank you, Sean. Uh, basically, uh, what I was going to say, I, I really agree with Hank. Um, I understand what he went through, 
and uh, asking the question. I used to be very shy. I think a better word might be timid. Uh, and I had to overcome that over time. And to piggyback, I will piggyback off of what, uh, I'm sorry, I don't know your name. Troy. Troy? I'm Kamran. Nice to meet you, buddy. Um, uh, I was a, uh, a bassist in a band for some time before uh, we lost our singer, and there was no singer to come around, and everybody in the band, we did one cover where I like sang the song, and the singer would step aside and kind of get like a little jealous or something. I don't know, he's peanut butter and jealous. But <laughs> anyway, so glad, I, I never thought of that. that I, never, I always appreciated him singing for us because I didn't have to do much. But then I had to take over as the head like of the band and speak to the people and do all these things. And I was really, I just like you are saying, it was not like a fun experience to go through those thoughts and to anticipate and have all that experience uh, throughout the week. But when it came down to it, how I did it, uh, I guess this is my point, how I did it is that I just had to do it. And as I was doing it, I, there were really a lot of moments where the thoughts came into my head and I just derailed. And the band had to like, like, hey, like, come back like yeah. you know like you know like ah uh, you know but it's in the middle of a song so it's it's the most embarrassing thing right you think <laughs> but it's not at the same time it's like you know we're just doing and if you can come back to doing then you don't have any problem with it and you are doing an amazing amazing job right now Doug and I just want you to know that I appreciate that thank You're you oh um, I wanted to say something that he, he mentioned, and I forgot what it was now. I got distracted. I forgot. Um, I want to go to, to the lady here in the white pants. Why? <laughs> because you're way over there. When you don't know the outcome of something and your mind is racing with thoughts, how do you deal with it? Well, I don't care about the outcome. I improvise, like now. <laughs> <laughs> like right now? Yeah. <laughs> That's good. What, so what are your thoughts telling you right now? Um, just listen to what he's asking and answer the, to the question. <laughs> but you said you were improvising. Yeah, improvising with the answer. But I don't have uh, a thought about the out oh. outcome. But about thoughts, they are, they can kill you. <laughs> yeah. Um, they create your world. And That's a good point. Yeah. They create your world, yeah. Uh, he said, uh, Cameron said, said something like, uh, I, I just want you to know that this has not been a bad experience for me over this week. Just because I had a 150 million thoughts, I slept like a baby. This wasn't bad for me. So I don't want you to think that going through something like this with a, with a bunch of thoughts is, I mean, I, obviously it can be bad, right? It can be horrible. But this has not been bad for me. It allowed me to kind of see myself, really. It allowed me to kind of see that I'm okay. I'm okay with 
not knowing. I really am. I'm okay with not knowing. I'm okay with not being the best at something and that's perfectly fine with me. But I do agree that thoughts are, thoughts can be your world if you allow them. And people, people commit suicide, people do all kind of weird stuff. And people believe thoughts. in COVID. Um, True. Yeah, I just want to finish. Please, sorry. <laughs> My sorry, 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 I interrupted her. Um, thoughts are influenced, your thoughts are influenced by everything around you. And when I get influenced by um, people, by TV, uh, by podcasts, uh, negative podcasts, I say to myself, this is your world. I have mine. And this puts a barrier of them trying to, they, they're not trying, them influencing my uh, negative thinking. So this is your world. I dismiss you. That's how I fight thoughts. And is that easy? It's easy, yeah. It's just like you put a spell. It's like you put a spell on them. Mm -hmm. Like you block them. Like you this put a spell on them? Like, this is your world. I'm scared now. <laughs> no. Now well, I'm scared. <laughs> well, no, you I, just I think say, I, this I, is I, your yeah. world. This is your world, and that's it. It blocks the negativity coming into your Most mind. of the time when I don't, if I hear a podcast and I don't understand it, I just kind of leave it right there. I, I don't know. And I'm okay with not understanding it. People have their own way of explaining things, and... I don't, I don't get everybody. So not everybody, maybe I do get them and it just doesn't make sense to me and I'm okay. What's it like not knowing? No, I think the analogy that you used about the firearms training is perfect because I'm an avid two-way supporter and I go hunting with my friends, and then sometimes we take one of our little liberal friends, our beta friends, and uh, <laughs> he's little beta, and then those seals just handle handle the weapons. Like we're just gonna go shoot out in the desert, or I have friends who have property out in Kern County, and we're just like, well, we usually have tape mags, and we just rack them, and then we just pull it, and then we start shooting, and and those and the ones that aren't well versed when it comes to weaponry, they're they're all. They grab the gun and they're panicked out. I'm like, hey, dude, hold it to your chest or grab your wrist with the other hand and shoot. And, um, but I think something that you touched on about that, with that analogy was that sometimes not knowing is what paralyzes you. Like if you don't know weaponry, you think, oh, guns are bad. Guns are this, or let's say something else like um, panicking because you're in a social setting and you're, you don't know anybody there. I think that fear of not knowing is what, what paralyzes a lot of people. And, I, and like they said, it's, it can be dangerous because panic is, is what usually kills you. Or the fear and staying frozen and not reacting is, will usually get you done. And I'll add to that, it's, it doesn't just paralyze people. It might make them ask a question at the wrong, you know, the timing might be off on what they're doing. They're approaching somebody or they're asking a question and, is just all wrong. So yeah, it's, it's not just paralyzing, it's, it could be anything. Go ahead, James. What, what the lady said about um, negative, hearing negative podcasts influencing her and causing her to react in 
and then her realizing that this is that's your world. You, I've noticed that with like different confrontations with people, or even just seeing feedback online or whatever about like my show or stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because it can make me change how I see the person, and it can change my whole mood when they're just giving feedback, and it's they may not even mean it in the way that I'm taking it. They may be like meaning it f like they're friends of the show. They love Bond and JLP, and they just trying to help. They have a they may have like a valuable even if they're enemies and hate me. Like it's irrelevant because they can give me feedback that's helpful. Yeah. So I've just noticed that uh, the thoughts though will will get you busy judging them and trying to be defensive. Yeah. And it just makes you worse. And it might be the best thing. It might be that thing you need to hear. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Good point. <laughs> Sorry, I have to. Thank you. Um, I just want to say, uh, Hank, uh, you've done an amazing job taking over this week for, for JLP. And Jesse, I wish you well. I hope all is well. And um, I did see a couple people attack you this week on the show. And honestly, like, there, there was not good reason for it. And I understand, but. You know, you, you're doing a really, really great job. I mean, I, I'm actually starting to favor your show over, over Jesse's. So, sorry, Jesse, but um, uh, I, I really like talking to you and talking with you. Uh, so, hey, disavow, uh, you, you just made my day right there by disavowing because I love when you disavow. <laughs> but I will say that, you know, to the chat, um, I see a lot of you guys in there. You you want to get the message, and you 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 are, you are funny. You're you're really funny, but sometimes you all make judgments, um, especially about hate. And uh, you know, if you if you're saying something to be funny, but you're you're actually discerning it, then you are correct. But if you're just judging, like I don't think you got the message yet, and you probably should wake up. I think they're doing just what they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. they're, 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 they are, whether they have it or not, they're doing exactly what they're supposed to do. And we, it ain't about them so much as it is about me. Me. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, individual. I meant to take Rochelle and I forgot. So I had to take Rochelle and then I'll come back to Troy. Um, I think the bottom line about thoughts is to just be aware of them. And that's when I did the silent prayer. In the silent, in the silent prayer, Jesse says to just relax and be aware of the thoughts and watch them like a movie. And when you practice and practice and practice that, even outside of the silent prayer, just being in the present, that really helps that awareness of being in the present. You're not thinking about oh, what is the outcome gonna be of this situation? Because that's in the future and the future doesn't exist. So I think just the practice of being in the present. And um, I did have a situation where recently 
um, I went to a funeral to someone that was close to me, and I was was I knew the funeral was coming up, and I was kind of getting in my thoughts about it, like, oh, am I going to get up there and talk, or what am I going to say, or maybe I should write a poem, or this that. And then I was watching the thoughts. As all those thoughts were coming, I was watching them, I just let them go. And I'm like, you know what? Whatever happens, happens. If in the moment while I'm there, I decide to say something, I will. If not, I'll just sit there and be quiet. And so uh, when, it, when the funeral came and the time came and they were like, um, the family has two minutes to get up and say something, and there was a line of people, and I got to the end of the line, and I went up there, and I just spoke what was on my heart in the moment. I didn't know what I was going to say, and it was really, um, it was kind of crazy because as I was talking, I got on forgiveness, and I wasn't thumping, but it might have sounded like thumping, but it was just from my own experience because the things that Jesse says is like a lot of the stuff that he's talking about when it comes to spirituality is absolutely true. And when you practice, you start to have your own experiences and you see the truth. And so, um, as I was up there talking, I don't even know, I don't remember what I said, <laughs> but people started clapping. And I'm like, I don't know what I said, but it was the, the point is just stay in the moment. Always come back to the present. Always watch, practice watching and being aware and what, not getting caught in the thoughts, but just watching them and letting them pass. And whatever is in front of you to do, you'll know the right thing to do in the moment. I agree. Troy. All right. Um, well, that was awesome, Michelle. Thank you. Uh, and I will say, just a little add-on, is like you do the silent prayer consistently, you do it enough, you really start to understand what that phrase, like pray without ceasing, means. Even if you're not in prayer, it could be in the middle of the day. It's just when you start to see everyone outside of you like that and yourself, it, it really, that phrase just seems so much more attainable. Um, but to go back to your original question of like, what is the outcome when you worry about the outcome and even your analogy about the firearm, um, I think that tensing, it's like a lack of trust, right? In the instrument or in the tool. Um, you could look at it the same way with when you talk about the outcome of say something like this, uh, where the tool is not the firearm, but the tool is, let's say, God, right? And you have to put trust or faith in God that in this moment, nothing bad's gonna happen. You're in this moment and you know, like nothing, everything's great, it's enjoyable, even through all the thoughts. It wasn't bad, but it was, oh, like a lot, a lot more than maybe normal, I guess. I don't know, but let's just say that for sake of the example. But you have to put trust or faith, right, that God's got you in this moment and the outcome will be what the outcome will be. And when we try to control the, you know, the outcome of the future or change the results of the past, I mean, that's what Jesse talks about, right? That's playing God. That's literally worshiping the devil. It's the same thing. That's what Satan did. He thought he could be God. He thought he could do a better job. And that's what I sometimes come back to when I think of these moments. It's like worrying about the outcome is trying to control the future, which is not putting your faith in God, mm -hmm. which is literally be like playing the devil or playing God, you know? Controller. And it's never gonna give you good results like that because like your wine comment, like you couldn't write that, you couldn't prepare for that. And they say, you know, here's some stuff, they say God has perfect timing, right? What's comedy if not perfect timing? Mm -hmm. And um, 
my whole life growing up, I didn't study for tests. I never, I never took notes. And I was an excellent student, but I would just sit in class and everyone would be taking notes and my notebooks would always be empty because I would just be staring at the teacher, listening intently. I'd never study, I would just learn the information and then maybe walking up to the classroom before the test, I'd open my book, flip through a few things, okay, test time, and I'd do fine. But I never planned for anything. Procrastination, I think, is what they call it, but it always seemed to work for me. I'd just roll into the situation, like Rochelle at the funeral, and okay, we're just gonna speak from the heart, we're just gonna let whatever did take from the lessons go onto the paper, and it always seemed to work out. I have no plan about anything. And I think that does really help. Jesse always says that, don't, don't have a plan about it. Your five-year business plan, throw it in the trash. Like just give, get your one-day business plan, like start. Do it and go from there. Like you did, you came up here, and like Nick was saying, skeleton crew, it just fills in, it fills in, it fills in, and here we are. We're like deep in it now. When I was in the back room this morning, <laughs> James and I were back there, and I only heard the lady at the white pants she was the only one here. <laughs> it's like five minutes till. <laughs> I want you to know how my day goes. And I'm telling you like in thoughts and out, out of thoughts because I thought about this the other day and my day goes like this. I'll be in thoughts and then out of thoughts and then in thoughts. and then out of thoughts, and then in thoughts. <laughs> it literally seems that, like I got that much time of out of thoughts, but that little bit of time helps. And I don't know, I guess eventually you get there, and I'm, I'm trying, but that's how my day goes. I am in thoughts and out of thoughts. And in thought, it, it is just strange to me to, to kind of see, like, how do I get anything done? I must be driving like oh my God. totally, <laughs> totally gone. Yeah, but I imagine that's most people, right? Yeah. Driving down the road. So I was thinking about this whole thing too. So I have another question I'm gonna ask everybody. Um, what was I gonna? Oh. In the Bible it says, and I'm going to thump a little bit here. This is James 1, verse 2. Count all joy. My brethren, count all, count it all joy when you fail, when you, I can't even read. <laughs> Hold on a sec. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now, I don't know that I see everything as joy. Like, I don't know that I was overly happy to do anything. But I also don't know that I'm, like, trying to avoid it or pissed or... I don't know if I could say that. Last time I said that. I, sorry, kid. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> he, he said something worse. Um, I don't know that I can... I don't know that I'm, like, upset about it either, though. So maybe that is... Maybe just not being upset is joy. I don't know. But I wanted to ask, like, do you see, do you count things as joy when you go through trials? Mm -hmm. And I want to ask the lady in the back with the, Lee J. I don't, but it is something that I have been actively working on, just having faith that, um, 
that everything that is for me is like the good and the bad that it's that it's um, of God and to take joy in it. How do you know that you don't though? Like for me, I don't know that I don't because maybe just not being upset about the situation is joy. I don't know. But how do you know you, you don't? Is it because you're, you're upset about it or what? Yes. I mean, it, oh. like not, I mean, when, when I, to, uh, maybe I'm misunderstanding you. So let's just say you, let's just say you go to the DMV and you had to ask more than one question and the lady on the other side of the counter is pissed because you asked her, um, I'm going to need to change this, my registration also. It happens. You know, you go, you go somewhere and somebody just gives you like, says something weird to you. Yeah. And now you have to deal with that, right? Now you're, now that's on you in a way. Um, do you count that as joy or do you, are you like, you silly. <laughs> you know, I guess every moment is so different and there have been instances where it's almost like deja vu, right? Where you're in almost like in the same situation twice and what I like how you handle it, if you handle it differently, to me is whether or not I've grown. Um, but I mean, I've brought this up before during the women's forum, um, and 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 I think I just have a different viewpoint than Jesse. Um, but sorry, I'm not really answering your question. But to answer your question, I don't view all of it as a good thing. There are times where I really struggle. I get upset, I cry, and uh, I act like quote unquote out of character. Um, but that is something that I am actively working on. And yeah. Okay. Good answer. I haven't spoke to you yet. She okay. got me this cup. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Do you count your trials as joy? Not at the moment, no. But afterwards, when I like examine what it was that I just went through, <clears throat> I see myself, like actually. And that's when I'm like, thank you. I'm glad I saw that because in the moment when I went through whatever I just went through, I didn't see any of that. It was only after the fact, when I can examine the situation, that I'm like, heck yeah. There's almost a little bit of excitement there because it's just a little bit more that's coming up and off of me that I can see. So it's almost exciting, and yeah, I do. Nice. Okay. Do you count your trials as joy? Or is it, watch out? Um, no, I think I'm similar to Alexis that um, in the moment, and this is not every moment, right? There, it depends on the situation, but a lot of times if I'm in the moment, I'll become reactionary, and, and I don't know that I'm considering that reaction joyful. Um, but in reflection, I can see like the beauty or the, 
gift of the moment and, and allowing myself to see that I did react, if that makes sense. One thing I noticed about me is that my default is like, get right into that defensive position and try to figure my way out of it. Not saying that I don't catch myself. Sometimes I do, sometimes I'm just already, it's, it's already up to there, right? But most of the time my default is right into defense. And that's kind of interesting to me. Something I was thinking about while we were having the service and actually kind of what Troy said and to piggyback off what Nick said about kind of like let go and let God, like Jesus take the wheel, is like in the moments of reaction, I'm not trusting God. Like I'm not, I'm not fully in trust to know that like even if the situation is bad, like he's still going to, like the right outcome will happen, like the right thing is happening even if I see it as negative. So I don't know, I, I don't know if it is, is believing the thoughts like not being in trust with the father, like are we stepping outside of that trust? And I don't know, it's just something I was thinking about in the service and I think in those moments for my personal self, when I do react, I'm not trusting like, oh, this is happening for a reason and I have to just accept it. I think that when, we, when I do that, it is because I don't trust. Yeah. Not, and again, I'm not saying that happens every, most of the time that's the default. Sometimes I can see that, you big dummy, come out of it, right? And I can come out of it, but n not always. So sometimes I, sometimes I truly don't trust in it. And, um, but there are times where I do see it. You are caught up in this and this is nothing. And another thing I kind of learned too is that if I think that it's bad, I just, I just basically almost ruined the whole situation because it, it may not be bad. You ever seen those videos of people who just, just barely get out of harm's way? Car drives by and they just, and they're like, uh, in that person's mind, although sometimes there's not enough time to think, right? And you hear, you hear people too say, if I would have thought about that, I'd probably be dead. In those moments, if, if we think that something's bad, something bad probably, it probably is gonna be bad in the end. But, so, I, so one thing I'm learning is that even if it looks horrible, doesn't make it horrible. And, and you, said, you said something a little bit earlier than that, that, or somebody said it, that God's gonna take care of everything. He, 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 takes, he literally takes care of everything, we're just supposed to watch and kind of see, right? And if I think about my life, he's, I ain't missed a meal. I got, a, <laughs> I got a roof over my head, right? I got a job. He's literally taking care of my whole life. So if you could avoid using words like, that's horrible, that's bad, oh no. If you could avoid using those, do it. Mm -hmm. Because that, that immediately kind of blocks you because you're, at that point you're stuck. I think too something that's interesting is like 
when you were describing the people who are learning how to use a firearm and their physical body will like resist the experience. And I've noticed in myself when I react, sometimes it's like an automatic physical body Absolutely. thing that I'm not even thinking about. It just happens. And so it's like, is that just something your thoughts have just occurred in that same way over and over and over so many times that your physical body now responds in that way? And to me, I think that's another moment of like not having trust too, because you've allowed the fear, I guess, to consume you to the point that now your body is responding to it. I'm gonna say two things, but the one I wanna remember, I'm gonna say first. I don't know that you should say to yourself that you don't have trust. You don't know. And I say that because that's kind of like saying, oh, that's bad. Oh, I don't have trust. You know, you're kind of putting something on yourself. And you don't know because you might just be seeing in that moment that you're just in your thoughts. But if you say, oh, I don't have, I don't have trust because of that, then you might be doing more harm to yourself than good. I said what I said about firearms because I noticed it then. But I also noticed me when I'm nervous and, and if I'm anxious about something, I'm like this. It just so happened that I saw it through this person, these people, when I'm physically training them. But, but if I look at myself, when I get nervous, you know, you're just like, you, you seize up in a way. So if it was me, I would just, once I noticed that I'm all tense, I would just kind of just notice that and let it. Don't say a word about it, just kind of notice it and let it go. Because at least that way you're not putting something on yourself. Oh, I don't trust God. Because the fact that he showed you might mean that you do. So. And that's just living in the thoughts again. Totally. Telling yeah. myself, judging myself. Okay, thank you. And like I said, it's not, well, I'm in them and I'm out of them. I'm in them. So I really relate to that. <laughs> okay. Lee J in the back. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, you, ju you just triggered like a, an idea where um, even with the placebo effect, like I do think it's really interesting how there there's this like wave of like the teaching of the law of attraction and the placebo effect and positive thinking. And what I have come to realize is that, you know, you don't know like who you are like praying to and that what is like for you that God like intends for you, no one can take it away. It is like forever and it is good. And, you know, even going back to your original question with um, the, the verse from the Bible, like really learning to be grateful for everything that God brings into our life. Um, like just listening to every, everyone talk today, I just realized that there have been moments where I didn't realize that it was a blessing in the moment because my thoughts I wanted a different outcome instead of the one that was happening in the moment. And because I wanted a different outcome, I couldn't appreciate 
the gifts that God was giving me in that moment until like later when you reflect like, wow, that was a great, like, you know, that person was wonderful or, or you know, the job was actually really good or whatever it is. Yeah, that's a good point. I think a lot of people do that. They got it in their mind what they think they want and don't have a clue. And, can't, and you're right, can't be appreciative of what they really have. And what they have would get them right on through. So, all right, uh, let's see. White pant lady. Do you count all your trials as? <laughs> what, what is your question? Do you count your trials and tribulations as joy? When um, someone cusses you out, are you happy? <laughs> it's, a, it's a fight, ongoing fight. Sometimes um, I react, and um, I even do it more than the person that's spitting at me. <laughs> um, and then I forget, I just forget. And I react, and it's a very bad reaction. And I catch myself afterwards, and I say, I did it again. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to be nice. I want to be polite and kind. And then when I catch myself in the moment when somebody is uh, being not nice to me, I act sweet. And that person transfers into even more sweet than me, sweeter. <laughs> and uh, this is a joy. I, I win. I won. I overcome an obstacle you? for that that only moment, but I, I won. Did you say you won? Yes. Oh. I won over me, over my reaction. And I've been sweet to that person and the person is sweet back to me. So this is this you can count as a freedom, going closer to the freedom. Every it obstacle that I overcome and brings me joy, it takes me to that inner um, feeling of freedom the lady was talking before. Is it sweet like fake sweet? Like saccharine? No. Or is it sweet? No, no, no. No, <laughs> no is it's it sweet, sweet like... because I overcome that desire to react negative. Oh, okay. So that's why it's sweet. I overcome myself, not that person. It's not about that person. It's okay. about me. I overcome my... I overcame the devil, the, the evil in me. So that's why it's sweet. That's okay. why it's joyful. Okay. So it's like, it gets closer and closer to the moment, to the, the state of being sweet all the time. Every obstacle, I, every fight I have, it gets me closer to, so now it doesn't take days to think about to be nice next time. It takes like a few hours or sometimes just a few minutes. Or sometimes I catch myself in the moment, and it wasn't like that before. I catch myself, and I turn around, and I'm being sweet, which is, which, is, which is the natural state, actually, I recognize. To be sweet to people around you, to be kind, to be polite, because it brings the best out of them right there, at that moment, when you're being nice, you're being polite, you're being sweet. At least sometimes, right? Some people are not. Most of the, most of the times. 
Most of the times they catch themselves. I think I believe that people have that ongoing fight. Every person has that fight in themselves to to be nice, to be polite, to be kind, to be lovely, to, to be loving towards people. Just the stress that brings that we get outside of our thoughts, messes up with our thoughts, and we react. I don't know if you understand me. <laughs> First of all, the accent and... Where are you from? I'm from Europe. Transylvania? <laughs> no. <laughs> Pond. Oh, okay. Yeah. And this is your first time here? First time here, yeah. Oh, welcome. Thank you. Uh, What's your you. name? Cali. Italia? Cali. Cali? Yeah, like oh. California, but with nice. K. Nice. Thank you, Cali. Yeah, thank you. All right. Anybody over here? Troy. I think that, I think that people who might treat you bad, like the situation she's describing, that's always good. It's 100% good all the time. Someone looks me in the face and says the most nasty, rude, horrific thing right in my face. It's awesome. It's perfect. Because now I know exactly who they are in that moment. And I can interact with them if I choose to or not. Yeah. yeah. Saccharine sweet or otherwise, it's like, okay, cool. You're very upset and you're right in my face. Thank you for not you know, being a snake in the grass. At Thank you for I, not hiding. At least I know who you are, yeah. Yeah, it's like a, a great... Quote I heard a long time ago, the best way to get, the best way to expose all the snakes in the grass is not to worry about the snake. Just mow the grass completely. And then they'll all be right there. And the ones who want to stick around, you can deal with them how you feel like it. It's not really a big deal. I'm fine with people when they're really real in the worst way. Awesome. Thank you so yeah. much. Agreed. Tell me your name. Uh, Sina. Sina. Yeah. This is your first time here? Yes. Oh, okay. Welcome. Um, your question was if someone's mean to you or evil to you, how do you find the joy in that? It says, uh, count, count it all joy when you fall, when you fall into various trials. So I guess the example would be you go order something and you go to the store and someone on the way there cuts you off or someone in there is just rude. Yeah. Do you count it joy? Um, I definitely think it's possible to see the joy in those kind of situations. Um, I think a big part of it is how you perceive your own reaction to the person. Um, because you always have a choice, right? Like if somebody is rude to you, you can let it affect your day in a negative way, or you can just kind of like brush it off. Um, I personally... It's, it's, it's taken me a long time to, I guess, brush things off, you know? But I think the older I get, the more it's easy for me to just dismiss, like, people who are rude or negative towards me. Um, and yeah, like um, this gentleman was saying, like, you definitely, it's a blessing because you see what they really are. And um, you can choose to keep them in your life or not. Or, um, so I guess it's a blessing in that, in that way. Um, but it is difficult, I think. It's, it's difficult to not let it kind of stain your, the rest of your day sometimes. So in that moment, do you see it like, do you see it as a blessing? Um, I think so. Yeah, I think everything that happens to you is a blessing because 
then why would it stain your day? Or are those the times that you don't see it as a blessing? I don't know why it would do that. I really don't know the reasoning behind why you feel a certain way if somebody says something to you. Um, that's just emotion, I think. And I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to explain emotion. Me either. Um, I personally, I, I think. Um, when we feel that way, it's because something that someone has done to us or something, we identify with it. Whatever emotion, like you're saying, has come into play, and that might be why the stain is is coming through with that day. You know, and and I had that recently. You know, um, they they attacked me last week and they pushed my friend, and me getting hit, I don't care. You know. Um, Going on to what Doug was saying about the firearms, if someone puts a gun in my face, like you better pull the trigger. <laughs> you you, you better pull the trigger because I, don't know I, I honestly need to don't talk care. About it like that, I don't. I don't care. I don't care. Like if you if you kill me, like I'm I've got one place to go, and it's only gonna be happiness and joy. But don't put a gun in my face, type of thing. But also, it's it, it affected me so much that they pushed him. I was angry about it for a few days, and it, I'm, I have not had anger at all recently, ever since I forgave my parents in person. And so I had to, I had to overcome that and forgive again. Even though I forgave in the moment, I had to forgive again and, um, and, and re recognize and see that the thoughts were affecting me in a certain way. Yeah, I, I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's my experience. I don't, I didn't bring, I only brought the firearms into this to show <laughs> an example of something. I wasn't talking about pointing it at anybody or anything else. That's not a good thing. Um, let me see if I can remember what the, my question was. Anybody else want to answer the count it all joy? Raymond. When, I, when dealing with tri uh, trials, I still believe I have an ego, uh, ego problem with it. It's only because I pray, uh, pray every day, uh, day that, that displaces the ego, uh, ego. I still feel, uh, I still feel that, pain, uh, that pain when I have a terrible memory, bad memory of someone or somebody said to me and say or did to me a long time ago. That's why I. Uh, that's why I always do my best to stay in the moment and be aware of that pain. It's only temporary. That's where I find a real joy. Okay. I would say that if to uh, and I forgot your name already. Sina. Sina. If it stains your day, I would say that you don't look at it as joy. Because if it stains your day, that means you're thinking about it negatively all day. And maybe even into the next day and the next day. I mean, that seems like hell to me. I, I, and I'm not, again, I'm not saying I, I see it things as joy. I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't necessarily know that I see them as fully negative or horrible or anything like that, but I don't, I'm not like, oh, she just called me a cool. I, I don't, I don't, and to me, you know, joy is like happy. Joy means happy, I thought. So I don't, I don't know that it, someone cusses me out, I'm always happy. Sean. Yeah, also, I mean, who knows, as far as translations of the Bible, it, it yeah. comes out as joy, but who knows what the original yeah. meaning was. It could mean something more like uh, content, you know? I mean, people say it as joy, but it could mean more just being content and not having any wants or desires before or after yeah. the, the situation. And so, that's why I said I don't know, because I really don't. It, and I thought about that, too. It could just be that I am not feeling bad about it. That's or good, joy. bad or, or good, good. Or, or good right. about it. Bad or good about it, right. Um, joy and, and happiness, you know, they seem kind of like shallow yeah. emotions, oh just like God. any other emotions, but content, content is more like a um, lack of emotion, you know. Yeah, good I point. I wouldn't describe content as an emotion. You're just, you're you're just, just there. It just is what it is. You not know? So, that's not a big deal. Yeah. Cool. Yes. I'm kind of I'm I'm I've got to like formulate a sentence because I feel like I'm seeing something for the first time and kind of what Sean just said like while people were talking I was thinking like what does the word joy mean what is everything is perfect in God's time and then I started thinking about all of these cliche wordly hallmark card type of things where it almost like people have taken those scriptures and almost turned them into quotes to put on your car so you can feel good about your day and I started like seeing like all this like really cynical like banter that's been going on in my head for years of like oh every you know timing is everything and it you know it's and so I've kind of when I when you first read that, my it was like these old voices came up, like, oh yeah, count of joy, this is awesome, you know, like no one really thinks that way, but we say that. Yeah. And then when Sean just said, like, what does the word joy mean and happiness, I'm I'm thinking like, yeah, like what are, what do these words really mean? It's been all these words that we've placed on a thought which creates an emotion and gets us disturbed and irritated and oh we're really happy and we're irritated and I've got to like wrestle this out and look you know like figure it out when really I'm kind of just wondering like count it all joy what is it again count it all joy when you fall into various trials yeah it's like if I'm in the present and God has conquered the devil, and I don't have to fight this. If there, and I'm not saying this like, oh, I figured it out. I'm gonna just float out of here on a cloud and you know, <laughs> become this mystical creature that has no problems. I mean, the whatever. I'm gonna not derail. Um, I'm just wondering. Count it all joy, like. What, what is it, what are these trials and tr like what are these things because 
based on kind of what we've talked about, like they're kind of not even real. And if I'm really present with spirit, which again, this, I almost feel crazy saying this because it feels so thumpy. out of body. Well, not even, not even thumpy, but it's, I'm not talking about the physical construct of what we can see, you know, right. and I'm just, I'm really just smoking on this verse right now. Like it really is, <laughs> It's such a spiritual way of speaking that I don't, I think we try to comprehend it as a human and then like, oh, I should be happy that the lady at the DMV is angry and like, I should, you know, like take that home and sit on it and look at it, ruminate and unpack this. When really it's like, if I'm just in spirit and she's upset or she's not or whatever, it is what it is and it is all joy and if she wants to bark and get mad or laugh or whatever she wants to do like I guess this is why I was like don't raise your hand because you haven't really thought this out that's why you went <laughs> I like apologize this. to everybody that's hearing this pardon me that's why you went like I that know, that's why I, kinda, I was like ah, no um, I don't know this is really interesting to look at it that way because we think that we have to fight things that we don't have to. We were to. taught to. Yeah, and I, I'm, I, there's like some milestone things in the last month where I, like I'm th throwing this verse on different experiences I've had where I have not taken it as joy and then I can see the joy and then it it's not joy again and then you know in other situations where I'm in it and it's feeling uncomfortable but I'm like this is good I'm not gonna let it bother me and is that growth is that you know I don't know I think just being uh, being possessed is just rowdy that we have to you know we're possessed and then we're like looking at the scripture like what does it mean <laughs> it's like the devil's just going to make you confused so you don't figure it out and you just put that on a card and feel good about your day what God's literally saying like and it should all be joy that's why I said earlier I'm okay with not, not understanding right right so it's yeah it's perfectly fine with me and you know the, the thing about it is that there are times when something happens and most of the time you would say I would have never let somebody do that to me right and as soon as it's over, you have stopped thinking about it. And that, I think that's what um, Sean was trying to say, yeah. and that's what I'm trying to say. Um, I, and, uh, and that's what you're trying to say. Yeah. So I think that's what it means. But like, honestly, I had to ask the question because really I don't know. Yeah, and I, I want to understand. Yeah, I think it's a fair question. I'm glad you asked it. You know, and, uh, it's really interesting hearing the Bible coming out of a fallen state because I feel like, bef like I just said at the top of what this novel I just spewed out of my head. Like I used to hear scripture like that and almost go into this like, yeah. oh yeah, I'm gonna count it all joy. This is so great. I'm gonna really, th you know what I mean? Yeah. And then like. But it is joy because God said that it, you know, there's like so much dramatics behind it before where now I'm like looking at it like <laughs> it's really simple, you know. I have 
taking care of you for eternity and it is all joy and if you'd stop thinking and listen to the devil you'd chill out you'd be happy you'd be content <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. it's just i'm glad you asked that question because it you know it really actually shut the devil up in my head so yeah, tell yeah. Him to shut up. the lady in the back with the black in black the lady in black well i think you're focusing or we're all focusing so much on the joy but i think just even in the statement acknowledging that there are trials like no there are real trials yeah. like i'm i just you know what i mean so focusing on the fact that there are real trials um you know i have a difference of opinion about kind of where we are in terms of you know in america i think that we're so privileged that just being upset by somebody in DMV can feel like a trial, but it's really not. Like there's some real trials going on. And um, I guess for me it becomes, sometimes these trials change you, you know what I mean? And I think that sometimes you try to, or wish to be who you were before, you know? So I think, I, again, I don't have the end of the sentence. I think that mine is more of a question like, how do you find anything when all you want is to be kind of put back to the way you were before all of this trial? You know, I think everyone's always like, oh yeah, I got through it and I'm stronger and I'm wiser and I'm all of these things, but sometimes it just doesn't feel like that. I would say that if you have to say all that you just mentioned, um, oh my God, I just went through this horrible thing and I'm way better because you ain't better. Right. Because how you know, how do you know? I've never known myself to be better until I went through the next trial. And then either I, either, I would, either I didn't think about it the rest of the day, because it wasn't a, it, just like you mentioned, it wasn't a, somebody yelling at you, that ain't nothing. But it, it is something, because you have to deal with it in the proper way, right? So when I, I, when I hear people say that too, oh my God, I'm so much stronger, and. I, I just don't, I don't see it because I don't, I mean, you, you've, you've heard those, I am somebody, I am, like, standing in front of your mirror talking, I, I'm such a great person, I, I'm kind, I'm, like, to me that didn't make sense, but people do it. So, I think, I think just not knowing and not, and being okay with it is fine. I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know where the next trial is going to come from. I don't know that it is a trial. But if I don't handle it right, it's, it's trauma. <laughs> I do know that. And I got to wind down, but I saw a couple more hands. I think I saw Danielle's hand. Is it Danielle or Daniela? Don. Yale. <laughs> Don and Yale, like the university. I got my wine. <laughs> what I was... Um, pondering about this question is that when I, in my interpretation, it isn't about the word joy and celebrating a trial. When I reflect on the trials I've had, I, I have grown. I have, I, I can say that I am honestly, and this is very authentic, grateful for them. Mm -hmm. One of my so-called worst possible trials was when my mother passed away very abruptly, no sickness, nothing. We were best friends, close-knit family, all of that. 
But when I reflect back on that now, knowing what I know, there is no death. There is no, if I believe what I'm saying I believe, then it's up to me to develop a different relationship with transitioning or so-called death. And I've done that. I have a whole entirely, I have, an, I have a different re relationship with death. And I also consider the scripture to be a universal truth. At one time, I was steeped in the metaphysical world. And they would say, there's no good, bad, there's no right or wrong. When you're faced with rejection, when you're faced with challenges, be thankful for that. I've heard Muslims say that scripture in their own words. And when it comes to people and dealing with difficult people who are yelling, I've come to a point where I'm not looking at what's going on with that person. I'm looking at what's going on with me and examining why am I feeling the way I'm feeling? Why am I reacting to someone whom I don't know what they just, maybe they heard, just heard that their mom passed away like I did all those years ago and was devastated. I was walking around in a, a fog, a complete fog for three years, six months, three, two, I, I said this before, two years, four months longer probably than I, than I should have. That should have been very brief um, knowing what I know now, but I, I didn't know what I know now. So in short, yes, I do embrace that scripture because I don't take it in the context of meaning jumping up for joy and celebrating when we're going through these things. It would be disingenuous for me to say that in that moment, I'm thinking joy-filled thoughts. In that moment, I'm dealing with the situation that's in front of me, but in hindsight, I, I can say that I appreciate those trials thus far. Okay. And I gotta wind down. Troy, gotta make it quick. Yeah, I'm making it really quick. Um, the term, and I cheated a little bit, but since we're at the end, the term is, um, it's a financial term and it's not in the term joy. It's actually mistranslated in the term count. It means to evaluate. The original Greek, I think, is a financial term that means to evaluate the trials that God presents you, right? And to take joy in the evaluation or to like look at it from the perspective of God to try to be, as we've been talking, in a present moment. So the actual mistranslation is in count, not in joy. Joy was there, but you want to evaluate. It's the financial term that was, interesting. I think in the ESV is translated to count yeah. instead of evaluate. But it's interesting that we kind of got there anyways, which is, yeah, I didn't even want to say it if I didn't say it at the end. So, but yeah, nice. that's what it means. Cool. Nice. Quickly. Are you going to have your own show on the Jesse Network now? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be shooting guns with the. I, that's not part of the plan. I don't, I have no idea. I, I haven't thought about that. Don't put anything else on me. I'm nervous enough. My hands are all sweaty. Okay. I appreciate all of you showing up and especially the new people. Thank you. Um, this has been very interesting for me and, uh, Thank you. Thank you, everybody out there. We have, we have a men's meeting this Thursday at 7. And what else, James? I forget. That's the main thing I want to ask.
men's meeting this Thursday at 7. And Jesse, Jesse will be back Tuesday if all goes well. All right. So there'll be a guest host for the radio show tomorrow. Cool. Yeah, he did. Five hours of hate. Is Jesse coming back on the show on Tuesday too? Jesse should be back on the show Tuesday if everything goes well. Thank you. Um, Nick will come around with the basket and James will come around with the credit card thing. Appreciate it. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome.